Drizzy K dot Cole and question mark. Who takes the fourth spot on the Mount Rushmore of the 2010s? This was a question posed by Rap Caviar last week, and it stirred a lot of discussion about who that fourth spot should be, as well as a bit of a discussion on who the Mount Rushmore of the different decades have been so far. Welcome to the Bar for Bar podcast, and this week I'm going to discuss who I feel should be on the fourth, as well as just uh, some of the people that others have mentioned among just other music things. So, with the three people that are already on the Mount Rushmore of the 2010s, at least in their mind, um, I mean, I think everyone is in agreement. Kendrick, Drake, and Cole are the three people that have always been kind of thrown together as the top three of their generation. And, I mean, I think that's just kind of what people always gravitated towards. But to try to introduce a fourth person, or think of who would be the fourth person in this case, is definitely interesting. I mean, with the three that we have right now, we have, there's reasons for them. So Kendrick, in my mind, is, he's there because of his impact in terms of what he says in his music, and just his music in general, how it's impacted other artists moving forward. Uh, Also, just his music and overall skill. Like, his music has a pretty broad reach. Like, I remember in, like, 20, 2013, I believe it was, or 2011. I don't remember exactly now, but when Good Kid, Mad City came out, this was, like, that was an album that everyone listened to. And, like, you can walk down the street and you'll hear someone playing it. And same with Drake and Cole. Like, when they came out right around the same times, there was a lot of people listening to it, and they were the popular artist at the time. Uh, moving on to the next person, I mean, Drake, he's on here because he's one of the highest-selling artists just ever, really. And he has such a wide appeal as well. He's essentially a pop star at this point. Like Even people who aren't into hip-hop know of Drake. I mean, I saw the other day that someone brought up the whole Pusha T beef, and they're like, like to someone who just doesn't know hip hop as much, and they're like, "What are you talking about?" Like they just, they were just clueless about it. So, you know, he has a very big and wide audience. And then moving on to Cole, I mean, oh, also going back to Drake. Sorry, uh, he he's just one of those people that he has the golden touch. So one, he's going to sell his own records really well. Like that's expected at this point, but. Anytime he hops on a feature or puts someone on or um, name drops someone or co-signs someone, that person is going to get a lot of attention as well. And that's that's big. Like having Drake even say your name is huge and can change your career entirely. So he's he has that in him. And then moving on to Cole now, it's they're kind of, he's kind of a mix of the two, Kendrick and Drake, in the sense that he has a pretty wide audience, not necessarily as big as Drake or Kendrick, I feel, but also he's just, he, he has skill, he has rhymes, he has relatability. Like, people generally know who Jake Cole is, at least. Like, if, like, they'll know Drake first, obviously, and then Kendrick, and then Jake Cole is a close third, in my mind. And these three, like, you don't necessarily have to like all of them. It's not like these are your 
favorite rappers that are going to be on Mount Rushmore. These, in my mind, the reason that they were chosen is because of their impact, their sales, and just how many people know them, like their popularity in general. Now, that also tells you who should be in the fourth place. Um, but yeah, like I was saying, they, they, you don't have to like all three of them. They, like, I'm not the biggest fan of Drake, but I acknowledge that he should be on there because he's one of the biggest artists, especially in that decade. Like, it, it just makes sense. Now, going to the fourth option, there was a poll that Rap Caviar put up as well. So it was between Nicki Minaj, Future, Kanye, and Lil Wayne. And, I mean, obviously, it's Nicki Minaj. I mean, she won the vote for sure. But if you really think about it, she's probably she's probably one of the other most known rapper out there. And she also has a very wide appeal similar to Drake. Because, I mean, people in just, just a general public outside of hip-hop know who she is. Having Future there, I would have to disagree. I can understand the argument for it, but he's a bit removed, I feel, from just people's general thought of hip-hop. I mean, yes, he is one of the, I guess, most well-known artists in terms of trap. And in rap itself, yes, everyone knows who Future is. But I don't think he had quite the audience that the other four people have had. Uh, and then, including uh, Kanye and Lil Wayne, seem to be a bit of a stretch to me, because also with this, with these people that are on here, my thought originally was these are people who came out in the like late two thousands and just around two thousand ten, essentially plus or minus, let's say two years. Like I think Kendrick's. Um, I think Section 80 came out in 2009, 2010. Um, I'm, again, I, I'm off a few years, I'm sure. Um, I don't have them pulled up for whatever reason. But same with Drake and same with Cole. Like, they all really started being in the public's eye around 2010, again, plus or minus two years. Now, with Kanye, Kanye's been around for quite a bit longer. And he has four very well-received albums that have come out before 2010. So it's like, really? Like, why would you put him in this group? I mean, Late Registration, College Dropout, Graduation, and 808s and Heartbreaks are some of his best works. I mean, then, obviously, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. And everything else after that, I mean, I feel like most people just kind of didn't get into him anymore. I mean, I like The Life of Pablo, and Jesus was cool. And then everything else, whatever. But I think his biggest impact was in his earlier days. And then with Lil Wayne, that's just absurd. Because, I mean, Lil Wayne's been around since, what, the late 90s? And then all of the Carters dropped. Well, up to Carter 3. Um, they all dropped before 2010. Like, those are some of... Like, that whole era up until 2010 is really where Lil Wayne shined. I mean, yes, around that time he was also working on Young Money and bringing up Drake and Nicki Minaj, among others, but in my mind, I don't think including him was really right. Like, I mean, I think he dropped... He dropped the Carter 4 in the 2010s, and the, obviously uh, the Carter 5 most recently, but 
I don't think he had that much of an appeal after the Carter 3 to just, again, the general public. Now, as far as other artists that I would consider, again, like my criteria is people who kind of came out around 2010 or so, like not people who have had a career and been an established artist beforehand. I mean, yeah, you can have mixtapes and stuff. That's totally fine. I mean, Cole, Kendrick, and Drake have all had mixtapes before 2010, but it was really around 2010 where they gained popularity. Um, the other people that I could consider, like, at least talking about, it's, it's kind of similar to um, ASAP Rocky's One Train. Like, so with One Train, ASAP Rocky wanted to pull everyone together that came up around the same time. So that included Kendrick, of course, but also um, Big Crit included Action Bronson, Yellow Wolf, Danny Brown. Like, these are all other artists that are really dope, but for one reason or another, haven't really reached that level. The first artist that really came to mind just because, like, in my my realm was Rocky. Because the only reason is that I didn't really pay attention to Nikki, and I'm not the biggest Nikki fan. I appreciate her, and I know that she has skill, and I know that she has a very large fan base. So I acknowledge all that. I'm, I'm just not into her music as much. So I went for Rocky because... I mean, the first thing that came to mind was One Train. Like, th- this was the whole purpose of that song. Like, to acknowledge and put on everyone who came up around the same time. But, obviously, Rocky hasn't had the most successful, just strictly music career. So, like, he's been more focused on fashion and the rest of ASAP. So, I can see why he wouldn't be included. Plus, sales, I don't think he did nearly as well as the rest of the people here. Uh, the people who are already there and Nikki. Uh, the other person that I would have put in was Big Crit. And that was just purely based off of ability. He, the reason that I wouldn't put him on there is just because he doesn't have the commercial appeal and because not that many people know him. Like, really, really very few people know him. And in fact, I think he's the least known person on One Train, even though he had the best verse. Um, and I, that all come, comes down to a lot of different factors, like what sort of music were they making, were the labels getting involved, that's a whole thing, because I can go into this with Crit, but basically, he started out doing his own thing, and he still did his own thing later on, but at some point, I believe he was signed to Def Jam, and everyone knows how Def Jam handles artists, so. Um, the other artist that I that I would have put on there, or at least considered, was Danny Brown. And for me, it makes sense just because of the people I was around when Danny Brown was coming out. Because back in high school, like in 2010, like he just for whatever reason was just really popular amongst the people at my school. Like that's just one of the few names that really stood out. Like people weren't talking about Kendrick. They were talking about Danny Brown for some reason. Um, and I think it was just because he was kind of wild at that time. But again, just like Big Crit, he, you know, didn't have commercial appeal and he didn't sell as much. So it, it makes sense to not even consider him really. Um, and then Action Bronson, uh, musically, I would say no, like, I don't think he's necessarily at that level. Um, I know a lot of people like him. I like him. 
um, but mostly for his stuff outside of music. I don't really care for his music. Like his music's fine, but the the main thing I'm here for is just everything else that he does. And then Yellow Wolf is Yellow Wolf. I don't think I need to go into that. Now, I think one other thing that uh, I kind of touched on already, but with this list in particular, or these people on Mount Rushmore or Mount Rapmore, as some people are saying, it in my mind, it's meant to be people who only really kind of came up in the 2010s. Like, that's when their career really took off. So when I see people mentioning Kanye and Lil Wayne, I'm just like, why? Like, you might as well throw Eminem in there at that point because we're just ignoring the whole purpose of this, I guess. So that's why I'm... That's, like, another big reason I'm not even considering anyone who hasn't come out since then. Another person that I probably would have thrown on there would be Joey Badass, but again, same reasons. Like... He has a lyrical ability. He has he has a decent appeal, I would say. But he, well, one, didn't put out very many projects, which may have hindered him a little bit. But also, like, he might be too rap-rap or too, like, into that hip-hop purism thing, which that's a whole other discussion. So we're not even going to really touch on that. But, you know, he's he's one of those people that are more focused on lyrics alone and not necessarily the whole song again not saying that he's bad in any way that's just kind of a generalization not specific to joey but other people as well um yeah that's pretty much all i had for that though because really there's no reason to not include nikki nikki is one of those people that's influenced and impacted a lot of other artists I mean, we wouldn't have people like Cardi B out there. We wouldn't have Sweetie. We wouldn't have... Well, I mean, I'm sure there's more. I'm just blanking now. Because I was going to say people like Rhapsody and Sarok, but they're kind of di- in different lanes. I mean, sure, yeah. they. I mean, we could say that. Like, Nicki kind of opened the door for, I guess, more female rappers to rap. But that... I don't like saying that either, because it's like... There's no reason that we should have been so against female rappers in the first place. We shouldn't be so critical of them in general. So that's why I'm like, it's, it should just be rappers in general. But again, that's that's a whole nother thing that I don't really want to get into right now. Um, yeah, that's those are my thoughts on this topic. Um at this point, we'll just go into the other bits of news that happened in the past week or so. So, we got a, we got a few things. Let's start... Yeah. So, you know Kenny Beats. He has that Cave series that was on YouTube a couple years ago, and then the Rona happened, and there, the season three just didn't happen for a while. So that came back, and it came back with Isaiah Rashad. And it's interesting to note that apparently this is like just a completely different one like this is a more recent recording because if you are aware of the cave at the end of season two like the season finale was meant to be an isaiah rashad episode that didn't happen for one reason or another i think it's safe to assume though that it's because that song is going to be on isaiah rashad's album regardless it was a fun fun cave episode like people who like isaiah rashad just know that he's more of a vibe sort of artist rather than like getting super intricate with the lyrics 
So it was a fun time. I'm curious to see who else is going to be on it, though. Well, I mean, it's, it's weekly, so we'll see. Uh, in other news, we got an announcement from Lloyd Banks. His album, The Course of the Inevitable, is coming out this, yeah, this Friday, uh, June 4th. So something to look forward to. It's going to feature Rock Marciano, Benny the Butcher, Styles P, etc. So it's going to be a very, I feel, lyric-focused uh, album. Yeah, he also has Ransom on there. And, I mean, anytime you have Ransom, it's just going to be just straight bars, honestly. Uh, we got an update from Earth Gang. So, Ghetto Gods, their upcoming album, is on its way. They went to Reddit, actually, of all places, which was interesting to me to make this announcement. But basically what had happened is that they were going to... Like, I mean, Ghetto Gods is basically done, I think, at this point. Yeah, it's their most complete and succinct album that, you know, since Stray's, since their older album or project. Um, and it's going to be something brand new from them. There's gonna, obviously going to be merch and stuff. Um... They didn't give us an exact date on when it would come out, but they did say it would come after Lollapalooza, which I believe is in August, if I'm probably wrong. But it's safe to assume that we'll be getting it around August, September, because they want to tour it in 2022. I wouldn't be surprised if they push it back just a little bit. And the only reason that we've had to wait so long, other than them, I mean really focusing on the music and making sure it's all good it's just all label things they they even mentioned in their post that they finally got Interscope to clear the budget so you know in other other news <laughs> um you know how j cole was in the uh african basketball league i forgot the exact name of it oh yeah basketball africa league it's right there um he has finished his I think it was 10-game contract or 10-day contract. So he's going home now. Apparently, it was due to uh, family obligations and not because he didn't get re-signed or anything. But to be fair, him doing this, I don't think was necessarily for him to actually be a professional basketball player. It was just for him to prove to himself that he can do it. And I saw someone from the league say something along the lines of, oh, he shouldn't have been put on there or... Um, like, it's kind of disrespectful to the people who really put in the work. And I agree to an extent, but also it's like, he, he this is a lot of, a lot more for publicity's sake, I feel. And less that he really was doing this for himself. But yes, yes, he wanted to do this for himself, of course. But it also just so happened to work out in their favor as well. Because, you know, I'm sure a lot of people watched the games that he was playing and that would not have watched in the first place. So, that's how I feel about it. Like, yeah, it's, it is kind of gimmicky and kind of just trying to draw attention. But, you know, it's probably best for the league. But again, I'm not someone who's super into sports, so I, I don't know what I'm saying, really. <laughs> um... Let's see. So, why didn't that get updated? Oh, never mind. Okay. The last couple things is, I mean, we're going to get into music in a bit. But um, I guess the first thing we'll go into is, you know, so years and years ago, 
if I don't know why I'm prefacing it like this. So you know, we all know that Biggie was murdered. Um, an ex FBI agent apparently uh, revealed who the killer was. Um, I forgot the person's name. I'm gonna pull it up right now. But the the point is, it was Shug that financed the hit, and it was the hitman. That's yeah, that's the proper term, I guess. Was Amir Muhammad. Or, so, let's read the actual thing. Death Row Records founder Marion Suge Knight financed the hit on a Brooklyn rapper, Notorious Big, an execution carried out by Nation of Islam convert and hired hitman Amir Muhammad while, or with the help of corrupt L.A. cops, according to an FBI agent who worked the case, and sources have seen the sealed documents. Um, I kind of skimmed through it earlier, but... Yeah, we all we all kind of knew that. I feel like, even though it was never made official, like we all we all felt like Suge had some involvement in it. Um, I think they also mentioned that apparently the hit wasn't necessarily originally on Biggie, and it was actually for Puff. Um, yeah, that's um, that that, that would have been completely different. Things would have been so different. I have no idea what what anything would look like if that was the case. Like if if it had happened the way that it was supposed to be. But that's new information for us. Well, new verified information for us. So that's always good to have and good to hear. Um finally, I mean new music. The sorry. The biggest album and biggest release and really the only one that I'm going to even talk about this week um, unless there's like other stuff that really comes up that I missed was DMX's Exodus. I will be doing a review on this so I'm not going to go super into it but there's some other just stuff related to it to talk about. So this album was completed before DMX's passing like everything had been written all the features had been, I guess, um, they have been gotten. I, I'm trying to remember the right word for it, but they, secured. There we go. All the features had been secured. And, you know, it was ready to be released in the summer. Um, that Unfortunately, DMX did pass. But Swizz Beats, who was already working with him on the album, went and took upon himself to finish everything. So that's what we got here. With this album, uh, Swizz Beats also was interviewed by Complex, I believe. And the biggest thing that stood out to me was... Well, and not the biggest thing. This is just one of the things. At least because everyone was kind of talking about it and hoping about it. So, early when he announced that he was working on this album, he mentioned artists that, he was, that were going to be on it. Uh, one of them being Pop Smoke. Unfortunately, that track or that verse was cut because apparently it was used elsewhere. To me, that's a little weird. Uh, it was the verse was replaced by Moneybag Yo, which is fine. He's he's fine on there. Um, but yeah, it, it was interesting to me that whoever I guess had control over this Pop Smoke verse was like, no, I don't want this on a Legends album. I want it on wherever the hell it went. I 
didn't even really bother looking into it because I'm just like, whatever verse, like wherever it ended up going, it just didn't seem right. To be fair though, I, I'm pretty sure DMX mentioned that this verse, like they, it, it was recorded after Pop Smoke had passed. So it's not like DMX himself would have felt any sort of way about it. At least not in my mind. Because, you know, it was one of those verses that you secure after someone's passed and who knows what they wrote it to. So that's not a huge deal to me, but it's also like, mm, that was a that was a choice that someone made. Uh, regarding the album, I mean, just my general thoughts on it, it was a good tribute album and a good send-off. Was it the best DMX album? No. Um... It was solid. I mean, and DMX, I mean, you can hear him on the tracks. Like, he's older. His voice isn't the same. But, you know, it's... Really thinking about it, it really felt more as, more of a send-off. Rather than an album that DMX himself would have gotten everything ready for. But, to be fair, it was done and completed before he passed. So, all Swiss Beats really did was sequence it and master it well at least that's in my mind what he did so i don't know i i'll get more into it in my review but i think the the thing that really i guess upset me or maybe not upset more just threw me off was that on the first few songs dmx isn't the first voice we hear and even like on the intro like he he wasn't the first voice we heard. And a lot of the songs really just had one DMX verse, which, I, I don't know, I'm... Something feels off, you know, like, that doesn't sound right to me. That doesn't sound like something that he would have done or chosen to do. But I could be wrong. I, I was not in the room when everything was being recorded. I don't know. But those are just my thoughts on it. Um, but, yeah, that's that's pretty much all I have for y'all this week. Sorry that this is coming up a little bit later than usual. I just had some things I needed to get done earlier, so sorry, I guess. Um, as far as other stuff coming out this week, yeah, just the review. That's the only thing that I really had planned. There'll probably be a breakdown. Um, I also did a breakdown for two of the tracks on DMX's album, so check that out if you are interested at all. But yeah, that's that's all I got. So let me know in the comments below what you thought of the main topic, who you would put on as the fourth spot on the Mount Rapmore of the 2010s. And keeping in mind what my criteria is, just they had to have come out in the 2010s and really gained popularity around 2010. And popularity not to you, like the general public. Um, and also, you know, like, subscribe, and do all that if you want to see more content like this. Thank you for watching, thank you for listening, and please stay safe out there.